Life Audio. This life gets hard, but move forward to brighter days. This chapter is long, but remember to turn the page. Do not get a tubal or a vasectomy or allow your spouse or significant other to get a tubal or vasectomy. Stay tuned as to hear why. Welcome back to Unfiltered Parenting with Abby Johnson and Reagan Long, where we deliver y'all the real deal of parenting completely unfiltered. My partner in crime is going to be back with me soon. So as for now, you're just stuck with Reagan. And I have a somewhat controversial piece for y'all today. It's going to be short and sweet and to the point, but I feel like I am called to share my personal story again and simply what God is calling all of us to do. I don't care if you're single, if you are married, if you are divorced or separated, no matter where you are at in your adult life, please do not make any permanent decisions. And before we dive into this, I just want to take a short moment to hear from our sponsors. Are you tired of constantly telling yourself, I shouldn't feel this way? Yet so many of us guilt trip or gaslight ourselves instead of working our way through those complicated feelings. You should be a good friend, even though you feel hurt by past betrayals. You should be content, even though you feel lonely or unfulfilled. We've all been there, haven't we? But what if there was a way to reset these toxic mental tapes that sabotage our days? In her groundbreaking new book, I Shouldn't Feel This Way, Dr. Allison Cook encourages you to not just silence those thoughts, but actually come face to face with them. You can find emotional freedom. Learn to see through the haze of conflicted feelings and move forward in your life with confidence. Pairing biblically sound principles with over 20 years of research and clinical practice, licensed therapist and best-selling author Dr. Allison Cook guides you through a practical three-step process to find the freedom you crave. Change starts when you finally stop beating yourself up for the way that you feel and say, you know what? I do feel this way and I can finally do something about it. Take the first step towards clarity and peace today with I Shouldn't Feel This Way by Dr. Allison Cook. Available now wherever books are sold. All right, y'all, we're back. And I'm sure some of you all were even a little bit tiffed when I came out, (laughs) I just came out swinging today, right? By being bold enough to say, do not get a vasectomy, get a tubal, or allow your spouse or significant other to do the same. Do not, do not, do not. I'll tell you what. So I've been a Christian my entire life. I am a proud Catholic. I was I'm a cradle Catholic. I was baptized as a baby. I have always been a practicing Catholic. And yet I'm embarrassed to say that at different points of my adult life, 
I have been on birth control, which that is against God and the church. And I had planned with my husband and midwife after my third pregnancy that I was going to get a tubal. So I'm going to share my story with y'all and then why this is relevant to you who's listening, okay? So I remember when my husband and I had gotten married, we were young, we were poor, we were in love, we could not wait to start a family. It didn't matter that we didn't have any money. And so, you know, we were 23. I had been on the birth control pill since a teenager. A family member had put me on it for to help control breakouts. And then when I had a serious boyfriend, just in case, and I really didn't think twice about it. I didn't know all of the chemicals and toxins and potential yet pretty significant damage it could do to my body, all of these hormones being pumped into me. And when my husband and I got married in July of 2007, 7707, and I remember he came to the doctors with me. We went to the doctors in April and we had said, at this point, I was still on the birth control pill. And we said we wanted to get pregnant right away after the wedding. And the doctor said, well, you know, you've been on the birth control pill for, you know, so many years. If you want to get pregnant right away or even attempt to get pregnant shortly after your wedding, you should go off the birth control pill now, you know, to give you that fighting shot because it's going to take forever for your hormones and, and system to balance out and all of that. So we're like, okay, great. So went off the pill. I was pregnant two weeks later. <laughs> <laughs> I was 11 weeks pregnant at our wedding. And so it wasn't an accident. We were, we weren't, I mean, we couldn't wait to get pregnant, but we did not think I was going to get pregnant like that. And we've both come to find how fertile both we are. I'm now five babies later, the only baby out of my five children that was actively tried for was our second and got pregnant on the first try there too. But <laughs> um, And I can't imagine a day without any of our five children. So got pregnant very quickly with the first, uh, our daughter Kendall. And again, so we're young and in love. And now we're, you know, when we have Kendall, we're newly married and can't wait to start our family. And so we had a girl. And I remember when we said, okay, we're going to try for our second. And then we found out we were having a boy. My husband was like, we're done. We're good. We have our girl and a boy. You know, so many people say, oh, you know, you have the million dollar family. You're good. Again, we still have barely any money. We're just making ends meet. So, but we're so happy. We're still so young and, you know, just so joyous. Okay, we're going to have a baby boy now. We have our baby girl. And then my husband had wanted me to go back on the pill. I'm not thinking about God. I'm not thinking about, you know, what the church teaches on this. I'm not thinking so much about like putting these like hormones and chemicals back into my body. Um, I'm just thinking, okay, yeah, we're struggling financially. This is probably the right thing to do. And I'm exclusively breastfeeding as I did all of my kids on the pill. And 
I get pregnant again with our third. And it was a big shock. I remember telling my husband, so we actually fought over the first pregnancy test I took. I saw a very faint second line. And he's like, you're, you're crazy. You're not pregnant. There's no way you can be pregnant. Like, that's not even a line. I'm like, there's a line there. There's a line. And then I went to, I ran to the drugstore. I'm like, I'm going to go waste another $20 on a test that says pregnant or not pregnant just to show you. Sure enough, came home. It said pregnant. And he's like, oh. So, and again, at this point of our lives, we were both like, <gasps> because again, we're just that middle-class family that's just, you know, we're, we're still young. We have two little ones. Now we're having a third. We're just making ends meet. And so here comes number three. So during this pregnancy, it was a very stressful pregnancy for several reasons. And I remember working on the birth plan with my midwife because this was our second, our son was supposed to be our last baby. And now this is like definitely the last baby, okay? Haha, <laughs> like more babies kept coming. <laughs> but anyways, you know, my husband's like, okay, you know, you'll be in the hospital. You can have a tubal the day after you deliver. So we had set this up with the midwife. This was all part of the plan. And I remember after delivering our third, my second daughter, after delivering Kennedy, I held her in my arms and I knew I wasn't done with babies. And this is like a lot, like after a long pregnancy and literally with all my babies, by the time I hit like 32, 34 weeks, I'm like done. I'm checked out. I am a bear. I am grumpy. I'm like, Lord, please grow this baby so fast. Let's get to full term. I just want them out. So after all of that, after so much stress, after literally, you know, going through labor, I'm holding her and I'm staring at her and I'm like, I knew immediately I wasn't done and I knew I could not get the tubal. So any woman who has delivered a child knows that shortly after delivery, your body goes through, I mean, literally the hormone imbalance is insane, right? I mean, your body's literally trying to figure out what just happened. You pushed a human being out of, out of yourself. And so your hormones are everywhere. And I remember looking at my husband and saying, I can't get the tubal. And he's like, oh, sure, honey. Yes, you can. He's like, it's just your hormones. You're, you're emotional. He's like, you know, this is normal. After you have a baby, you're okay. You're okay. You're going to be fine. So he's like giving me the pep talk, right? And I remember later that day, because I delivered her in the afternoon, someone had came in like pre-op, like surgery for the next day, like paperwork. And I just started crying when they came in and I'm like, no, 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 I'm sorry. I can't do this. And my husband's like, oh, it's okay. Can I sign anything? <laughs> Literally, he's just being calm and cool and collected. Like she's just really like hormonal from the delivery. Like we've had this plan mid with the midwife. He's like, talk to the midwife. Like it's in our birth plan and post-birth plan. You know, he just keeps going back to this plan. And I get sick to my stomach thinking about this. Had I gone through it, I would not have my fourth and fifth babies. I would not have Kelsey and KJ. And a mother's intuition is never wrong. A mother's gut is never wrong. I just so glad 
the Holy Spirit got through to me. And literally, I am saying immediately after I delivered, it was like, no, 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 you can't do this. You cannot get this tubal. So the next day they came one more time to check. And my husband's like, just wheel her back. It's okay. I am crying. I'm like, no, I cannot go through with this. And they're like, sir, we cannot take her back against her will. She's crying. You know, when we get her on the table, we ask her one more time, are you sure that you want to go through with this? And he was now a little upset because he's like, this was our plan. You're going back on our plan that we had. This is what's best for our family. We can't afford another. We can barely afford this baby. We can't afford any other children. And so at this point, we both knew how fertile we were. And he's frustrated. I'm frustrated. But I leave the hospital without the tubal. And I'm like, I was completely against him having a vasectomy. But I'm like, if you have to do whatever you have to do with your body, then you do it. But I am against it. And I'm going to resent you if you get a vasectomy, that I cannot do this to my body. And and then I remember so many people had said, even before, even if I wouldn't have had any other children and it wasn't God's plan, so many people were like, Reagan, you know, when I came out about this, I wrote about this. They're like, I'm shocked you were even considering that with how you are with your faith. And I just, I feel so ignorant that it was such an oversight and it was such a slap in the face to God that I was taking that away from him. I was taking that authority and that power away from God to decide how many children he wanted me to bring into this world. And so I'm forever humbled by my stupidity of not even thinking of him and trying to take that away from him. And again, two of my children would not be here today had I gone through with that. So anyways, I ended up having four babies in six years. My fourth and fifth were not planned. And then, so after my fourth baby, I had four babies in six years. And then there was a gap. And then when Kelsey was four years old, I got pregnant with my fifth. And so I had babies at 24, 26, 28, 30. And then I had KJ at 35. And that was that was a game changer <laughs> just with just with age, you know, in my 20s, I'm like, bah, 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 you know, mid 30s. And I remember every baby appointment I went to, they kept using the G word. And I'm like, I've got it. I understand you're calling this a geriatric pregnancy. But if someone says the word geriatric to me one more time, I think I'm going to get like kind of scary, mean pregnant woman going berserk. Okay. Um, <laughs> holds a 35 year old, a geriatric pregnant woman. That's just mind blowing to me. And so last month, I just turned 40. And here I am thinking, oh my gosh, I'd love another baby. I'd love another baby if that was God's plan. Yes. My closest friends, my family will tell you, I have my days where I'm like, Lord, how did you entrust me with five human beings? I am exhausted. I'm stressed. I'm absolutely losing my mind. I can't do five. Like, oh my gosh, I uh, this is just too many. And then I have days where I'm like, this is easy. I've got this. And then I have the kids' friends with us. And I'm like traveling around, going to church, going out to eat, running errands, doing going to this sporting event and I have like eight or nine kids in tow with me total. And it's like, I love it. And so 
I'm very normal as far as having my moments of like, oh my gosh, this is hard. But I do have my moments where I'm like, I'd love another baby if that is what God would want. And again, for so many reasons, I praise God that he got through to me just by staring at my third child, by staring at Kennedy moments after I delivered her. I just knew, oh my gosh, I don't know how we're going to afford this. I don't know how this is going to look. No clue how hard this is going to be and how all the bills are going to get paid, but God's going to make a way. And he's always made a way. I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, how are we going to afford two babies? And now I have five babies and my oldest, my firstborn just turned 16 and my children are beautiful and healthy and thriving and have everything they need. All the glory goes to God. Sometimes it's like, how did we even make that work? And I don't even know, except to say it was God. It was God who always made everything come together. And so I think of, of course, everybody knows we are one of the top pro-life, pro-family, pro-woman platforms. But by pro-woman, it does not mean that we encourage ever encourage under any circumstance for a mother to take the life of her baby under no circumstance. But I think of so many millions, tens of millions of babies and children and full-grown adults that should be here today. And whether it was through abortion or whether it was through a tubal or a vasectomy that is preventing them from being here today. I can't imagine how heartbreaking that is to God. And I can't imagine the amazing contributions these human beings would have given or would be giving to us right now that God had planned for them. And so the main takeaway from this is do not make any permanent decision that could ever affect God's plan over your life, especially to bring life into the world. Allow God to decide that. So many couples want to have a baby and they cannot, and we wonder why. And so many people are blessed with fertility and want to take that gift away. And it is ultimately up to the creator of the universe. If you are going to bring life into this world, And if so, how many children? That is up to God the Father. And so do not, please, I beg of you, and if you're in this position and you're currently considering this, I beg of you to pray for discernment and then obedience to follow that discernment because I can guarantee you God is never going to tell you to take the life of your unborn child, nor is he ever going to tell you to unnaturally get a tubular vasectomy just for the means of of stopping any future children that he wants you to bring into this world. Please, please allow him to have that authority over your life. So anyways, I would love to hear back from y'all any stories that you have. If you or your spouse or significant other were scheduled for a procedure and you canceled, I know there's I have a friend whose husband had a vasectomy and they got pregnant 
despite it. And I always just think, yep, that's God just saying, hey, doesn't matter what you're going to do. I'm still going to have my way. And so I would love to hear any stories like that that you all have. And again, I just pray no matter what decision, it might not be something like this, but whatever you're facing in your life right now where you're like, yeah, I just don't know how this is going to work, God. I don't know how this is going to look. I don't know how this is going to pan out. Just lay it at the foot of the cross. Give it to God. Tell him you fully surrender. Fully surrender the outcome to him. Give it to him. Lay it at the foot of the cross. Ask him to bless it or do whatever he wills with it. And I promise you, I'm not promising it'll be easy, but I promise you it will work out. All right, y'all. If you are not currently following us on Unfiltered Parenting, please make sure you are. Make sure you're subscribing so you don't miss any episodes from Abby and I. And until next time, keep raising little saints. Have you ever considered yourself a messenger? I mean, you are called by God, and aren't we all praying the big prayer, here I am, Lord, send me. So if we put two and two together, you've got a message to deliver, my friend. Whether it's mics like this, bookshelves around the world, stages to take, art to make, or businesses to build, it's time we start testifying truth, unashamedly, creatively, and in love. My name is Tamara Andress, the host of the Messenger Movement Podcast which is designed to catalyze Christians to speak, write, build, and testify. I use my mic like a machete, so if you don't like to get your toes stepped on or pushed off cliffs to finally jump on in with Jesus, I may be too much for you. But if you're ready to turn your message into a movement and want to run with other messengers doing the thing at scale globally, search and follow the Messenger Movement Podcast on your favorite podcast platform or lifeaudio.com today.